Now dig this, Matt. Y'all know I love stationery. Y'all know I love to take notes. I love to write. I love to write on paper. I love to write notebooks. Matt, what'd you get me for Christmas this year? I got you notebooks and pens and organizers. Correct. I love it. Uh, And I find that it genuinely helps me remember things better as opposed to typing them or like putting them on a, like a text file or whatever, actually writing something down physically helps me a lot. It helps me organize my thoughts. It helps me get my work done. And ever since I got my new uh, iPad and I got the Apple pencil with it, I have been doing that on there and that's great. The only problem I've had with it, it doesn't quite feel like writing on paper, which is a feeling I like. We have the solution to that problem. That's right. Paper-like. As I mentioned at the top of the show, it's a screen protector for your iPad. It uses a proprietary technology called NanoDots. With those NanoDots, you feel the natural resistance of paper on your iPad screen. It is a paper-like feeling on your iPad. So if you're drawing, if you're taking notes, if you're using your iPad like you would a notebook... Here's the way for it to really feel natural. And Chris, I know you love that. You you have an iPad, you got a paper like, and I'm sure it's it feels just right for you. It does. It feels great to use. Also, Matt, you know I'm very particular about paper. I have yes. specific brands of notebooks that I will and will not use, and paper like feels good on the iPad. Uh they also make accessories for the pencil to make the pencil a little more comfortable to hold. They make uh, accessories to help you clean the iPad as well. They've got it all. The ability to handwrite notes in a digital form is great to begin with, but getting that extra tactile feeling that makes me happy while I do it, (laughs) that gives me that little dopamine, that little serotonin burst that I like to have, is fantastic. The latest version of the Paperlike is manufactured in Switzerland using high-quality plastic foils designed for maximum picture clarity. You're not going to lose any of the definition of your iPad screen if you put a paper-like on there. And these foils are developed exclusively for paper-like products. It also always comes in a set of two, so you have a spare. Look, we know a lot of artists listen to this show. If you're an artist and you're looking for a way to make drawing on your iPad feel a little bit better... This is how you do it. So, to pick up your Paperlike, head over to paperlike.com slash Ajax, click Buy Paperlike, and select your iPad size. From now, right now, until the end of January, Paperlike is also including their Digital Pro Planner Bundle at no extra cost for every order placed through the Paperlike store. Plus, shipping is completely free. So if you're ready to do more with your iPad, head over to paperlike.com slash Ajax, to get started. Oh my god, it's coming! I think it's a castle as This is Comics Catch Up. Where we read comics suggested by you the listeners of War Rocket Ajax, that we have missed. Oh, hey there. It's been a while. We should catch up. That's right, everybody. It's Comics Catch Up. This is the show where 
your boys, me, Chris Sims, and also him, Matt Wilson. Hello. We catch up on comics that we missed, and in this case, I'm very excited because I really want. We've got a comic I really want to catch up on, and a comic that you and I did not know it existed, which feels like a real failure on somebody's part. <laughs> I feel like this is happening more and more, where we're like, "It sucks that this doesn't exist," and then our listeners let us know it does. <laughs> yeah, just like dog that fully exists. Uh, in this case, we are talking about Defenders Beyond, which is the five-issue sequel to uh, the Defenders series by Al Ewing and uh, Javier Rodriguez that uh, we both really loved. And this series came out and then finished without us knowing. And look, we don't feel... Like, we don't pay as close attention as we do. It's not our jobs to pay as close attention as we used to, you know, when it was our jobs. To the news. To the comics news, to the comings and goings, to the reviews. Sometimes people to the are solicits. like, hey, here. I, I don't read previews anymore. No, no. Hadn't been my job to read previews for a while. But sometimes people are like, hey, where do you get your comics news? Here's the answer. I don't. I just read them when they come out. And you know what? It's great, actually. <laughs> it's a great way to do it. I can see why people did that so often. Yeah, the the other thing is, I don't even know where to get comics news anymore. Because all the places that did comics news are just sites that do news about movies. Like, yeah, like I mean, I know the- that there's people working at like Comic Book who are covering like ComicBook.com who are covering it, but like CBR seems like it's gotten buck wild lately with that. Yeah, all right. Here I'm I'm looking at the front page of cbr.com right now. Which notably is not comicbookresources.com anymore. It's just cbr.com. Here here are the top stories on cbr.com currently. HBO Max relaunch name content details officially announced. The Last of Us is Pedro Pascal says season 2 needs that death. The Marvel introduces the Marvels introduces Zoe Ashton as the Kree's new accuser. Harley Quinn gets a new series in the return of her classic costume. One of four is a comics article. Okay, okay, and look, look, we covered like back in our day, we covered a lot of non-comic stuff. That's because I had to hit a certain amount of posts per day, and folks, let me tell you. Like, sometimes I'm just going to write about G.I. Joe, because I'm contractually obligated to hit a, <laughs> to hit a number. And I like G.I. Joe, and it's close enough. I did some interviews in the in the run of my Zoop crowdfunding campaign with some some sites that actually do some coverage of, like, independent comics. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I did an interview with AIPT. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. That that came out okay, and I was happy with. Uh, a very kind member of the Discord, Chris Cole, interviewed me for Multiversity Comics, which oh, I yeah. do think is one of the, which I do think is one of the places that still does like actual comic book news still. Yeah, and I know there's a lot of places doing like commentary, like uh, uh, Shelf Dust. 
So yeah. it was like really yeah. good commentary. But I don't know if they do news stuff at all. Anyway, nobody told us that this Defender series came out, and we did not know until we were talking about how I hadn't finished, and I found it on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, this happened to us with the the, the tie-ins to what was that? What was the most recent crisis? Dark crisis. Dark crisis. Yes, dark yeah, crisis dark that became dark crisis on Infinite Earths. We were like, why aren't there tie-ins to this? And then there were. We just didn't know about them. I think your question, I might be misremembering and trying to give us too much credit, but I feel like our question was, everything in this feels like it is pointing towards tie-ins that we don't know about. Yes, that that is true. Maybe there are tie-ins, but nothing is actually happening in this book. That is true, yes. Nonetheless, Defenders Beyond is a continuation of the 2021 Defenders series, also by Al Ewing and Javier Rodriguez, that came out roughly a year later, right? Defenders Mm -hmm. was 2021. This came out, like, fall of 2022, or so. Am I right about that? Uh, I believe so. This was last year, yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing, though, Chris. And and let's just dive right into talking about this book. This is nominally a sequel to the Defenders series from 2021. And and in in some ways it is that. Like it continues the story of the Eternity Mask, which mm-hmm. was the MacGuffin of the 2021 Defender series. Correct. The story of which started in Marvel Comics number 1000. Yes. Uh, it was the through line of Marvel Comics 1000, which, wah, beautiful. Here's the thing, though. This isn't just a sequel to Defenders 2021. It is also a sequel to Al Ewing's Two Ultimates series. Yep. Which Defenders kind of feels like it is in retrospect because of this. Like, and because Defenders was, or or because uh, Ultimates was such a weird, big book, like, it kind of feels like, in a very Morrisonian sort of way, and we have compared Al Ewing to Grant uh, Morrison in the past, um, and, and talked about, like, that clear influence, I definitely feel like in that Morrison way of like seven soldiers, kind of a kind of a sequel to JLA kind of sequel to all-star Superman ultimates, ultimates Two, defenders and defenders beyond all really go together. Um, and it makes me wish no disrespect, no disrespect, but it does make me wish Javier Rodriguez had drawn ultimates. I mean, yes, Javier Rodriguez Unbelievably good. It, it's unbelievably, unbelievably good. Like, whew, could draw literally anything. Woo! Like, so much of this book and the previous book take place in places of abstraction, right? Mm-hmm. And Javier Rodriguez makes it all look so beautiful. Like, Absolutely. It's, it's mind-blowing how good it is. Like, look, I mean, Ditko and Kirby 
could make places of abstraction look unbelievably cool as well. But there's Ditko and Kirby, right? Yeah. Javier Rodriguez can also do that. It's weird to think about, like, Ditko and Kirby and how, like, how they chose to represent their weird stuff Uh with, like, Ditko's, like, weird psychoscapes and then Kirby just being, like, photo collages. Sometimes it was photo collages, yeah. Sometimes photo collages, sometimes weird psychoscapes of his own. Sometimes just a lot of pipes. Sometimes Which a lot of pipes. Javier Rodriguez does in this book. Yeah, bud. Yeah, he does. I'll tell you what. They should repackage Ultimates, Ultimates 2, Defenders and Defenders Beyond as uh, the story of the Galactus family. That's really what it is, isn't it? In, yeah. in some yeah. ways. I mean, it's it's also the story of the Eighth Universe. Yes, which means that it also ties into Contest of Champions. <laughs> Correct. But but Defenders, so it's weird. I wonder I don't, if that's an intentional thing on the part of creators like Jed McKay, like Al Ewing, like to construct their careers at Jonathan Hickman. I think as well to construct their careers at like Marvel and and DC, like in superhero comics as like meta runs in the way that Morrison did, or if that's just how people who like those comics think about things and they just like want to use all those characters that they like a lot. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because all of those creators I don't. I, I guess they begin with a core idea, and then they build everything that they write around that core idea. Although, yeah, Immortal Hulk sort of branches out a bit. From yeah, I would idea. say Immor- Immortal Hulk's kind of like its own thing, but in a way that it's also everything. Well, it 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 dovetailed back in back into the. Ewing corner of the Marvel Universe by having Red Harpy in Defenders. That's true. But but here here's the thing for me. Because you're talking about Ultimates, Ultimates 2, Defenders, and Defenders Beyond as existing within a continuum. I think of it more as two branches that then converge in Defenders Beyond. Because Defenders is kind of doing its own thing, and it has a totally different team. The only character that comes back from 2021's Defenders in Defenders Beyond is Galactus's hot mom, Taya. Taya, who is, um, sorry, Peter Benjamin Parker, uh, but you are no longer the best Marvel Comics character. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Taya is the best character. I was laughing out loud uh, reading this comic uh, and had to show my wife. I was like, hey, this is Galactus's hot mom. Now, which part did you say this is Galactus's hot mom? When she became the Phoenix? or I, de- I definitely sent AC a text today that, with that page 
that said, LOL, Galactus' hot mom became the phoenix and speaks in bi-pride colors? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Or the moment where she dismantled DC Comics editorial in a single speech balloon. Yeah, dude, that's... That was, like, brutal. <laughs> I, like, I, I screenshot I, You posted it, because Chad yeah. texted me asking if I had posted that, and I was like, no, that was Matt. Yeah, I, I, th- what I wrote was, Defenders Beyond goes for the jugular. Yeah, man. Because, boy, does it. Man, oh, man. Didn't have to. Did- Didn't have to hurt him. All right, and let me let me explain. Out at the same time as Dark Crisis, <laughs> it was. Let me explain what happens in this book. Each issue, I, I love the structure of it. Mm-hmm. Like the structure of the twenty twenty one Defender series was roughly in each issue, the team explores a different past Marvel universe. That's not exactly how it works, but it's it's like that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not the universe; it's the cosmos. They call it the the cosmos because yeah, yeah. they're we're currently in the eighth cosmos post Secret Wars twenty fifteen, and so they went back to the previous co- cosmes cosmice cos cosmesis, which is this how we book. get. Uh, uh, Galactus is hot mom because, as we all know, Galactus is the only survivor of the Big Bang. He is uh, from the previous universe, which is now two universes ago. Uh, right. But where he was on Ta, and he was a scientist named Galen. You know about Galen of Ta. You've read Galactus: The Origin, I'm sure. If you're listening to this, I'm sure you've read Galactus: The Origin. Honestly, that's not even a joke. Uh, but yeah, he was Galen of Ta, so we get Taya of Ta, who is Galactus' hot mom. This issue, or this series, each issue focuses on a different liminal space within the Marvel Universe. Let's put it that way. Okay. A, a, a different space of creation, or of limbo. So, in the first issue the team as they're they're traveling into these spaces find themselves in the place that's called the neutral zone this is when the transfer of power from doctor strange or leadership from doctor strange happens to blue marvel because ultimates al ewing's ultimates and we get the rest of the team who are comprised of loki but from the previous cosmos so this is Loki from the seventh cosmos also. Yeah, this is this is pre-2015 Loki. Tigra, America Chavez, Blue Marvel, and Taya. And eventually the Beyonder joins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, eventually the Beyonder. You know, from but, Secret Wars. <laughs> yeah. Who also has the line that made me laugh out loud that I had to explain when he's talking about when he saw the Marvel universe, 
when he gained consciousness and he looked into the Marvel Universe and he understood it as a child watching commercials for action figures. <laughs> so it's not only, look, it's not only uh, DC that gets got in this. Uh, Jim Shooter takes one, too. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So they all draw different tarot cards, some of which aren't real tarot cards that are, you know, telling their future in different ways. And then there's a breach in the neutral zone that leads them to the beyonder. So the first issue ends with the beyonder. Then the second issue is about the second cosmos. So we're going further back than we've ever gone. And it's really a history of the beyonder and his people. The Beyonder and the Beyonders, who were the inhabitants of the second cosmos. Yeah, because they come from beyond. Yes. Because they exist outside of the cosmos. Correct. Benito's going to listen to this, and I know I'm going to get a text telling me what the plural of cosmos is. (laughs) The third issue is about the White Hot Room, and we know about the White Hot Room. The White Hot Room is where Phoenix, Phoenixes get made. Yeah, that's that. I believe that is the correct pluralization. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's where that's where Falcon, uh, what we know as the Phoenix Force, comes from. I was really hoping for a second when Tiger was talking about how there's a counterbalancing force for the Phoenix that they were going to bring up the Starhawk, <laughs> and Al Ewing was going to talk about how me and Chad uh, named the Starhawk Rathacon because we oh. thought that would be very funny. They they should have done that. They should have done yeah. that. Uh, but yeah, that's you, you know the white hot room. It's the opposite of the black bug room. Yeah, you know how it works. You've read New X Men again. I that is not a joke. You have almost certainly read New X Men if you were listening to this. I'll tell you who's read New X Men. Al Ewing. <laughs> yes. The third that th- that issue ends with the introduction of Glorian, who is the the master of. A kingdom that is called several different things. And at the end of the third issue, it's called the Kingdom of Never. At the start of the fourth issue, is called the Land of Couldn't Be, Shouldn't Be. And the idea is that Glorian could have been the new eternity. Glorian could have been the master of the eighth cosmos, but wasn't. But Glorian's plan was to reboot everything completely. Bring everybody back and and essentially try to fix everything. Right. So like at the start of that issue Blue Marvel stops the Kennedy assassination and everybody who's dead is not dead and it is absolutely 1000% shots fired at the new 52. Yeah, there's literally a a panel where um Galactus's mom so, like, the creator of Galactus lectures this guy about a guy who was created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, uh, but looks suspiciously like Mr. Miracle. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, uh, lectures him about uh, how reboots don't work and how they just make everything feel like it doesn't matter. Because uh, you're always reboot after reboot after reboot you said and each sooner than the last always hunting for the perfect fix until not even we know if we're the true story or your latest maybe verse cuz Taya talks like a Jack Kirby character maybe verse is ether 
That's ether. <laughs> but there's also a part where Glorian asks Taya, like, hey, don't you want your son to be good? Like, I could I could make it so that Galactus is a force for good rather than a force for harm. That not a devourer, but a creator. The golden Galactus we saw in Ultimates. And she says, if Galen plays big hungry in the cosmos to come, he has a key role in future, future history. To fix him up is to wipe it out. And I love that. Yeah. That's a good character. Don't need to mess with it. Like, you can just mess with it like Al Ewing did. Right. Change him in the story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Glorian, by the way, like I said, is a character who shows up in a bunch of different stuff. Uh, originally in Fantastic Four, uh, but also like hanging out with the Shaper of Worlds, shows up in Secret Wars 2015, mm-hmm. uh, and then appears in Silver Surfer. A thing that I love about this, there aren't footnotes, but there is an additional reading section at the end of each issue that's like, hey, here's where all this shit happened, which I liked. Right, yes. It, it's it, it's not footnotes in the book. It's it's like end notes to say, if you want to read more about this kind of stuff, here you go. The last issue takes place in the House of Ideas, and it features these characters this team, although they reject the idea of being a team throughout. They don't want to be called a team. Yeah, that's the Defenders, right? They're the non-team. Yeah. Uh, They they meet God, who is essentially the creator of comics. Yeah, who's painting with all the colors? Who's painting with the four colors, yeah. Yeah, this is the one above all. You know about him. Correct. Uh, who who is not really one to one with any particular comics creator? No, but he's but but the one above all is the it like is a Kirby creation. He's from yeah. uh, Eternals. Yeah. Uh, and he he doesn't quite give the defenders what they want. Uh. Like, they all ask for things they want. uh, Or what they wish. And so, Taya asks for her son, and the one above all says, your son is of my design. Uh, America Chavez says, my sister. And the one above all says, you will find her and more. Nothing that was made is ever lost. Tiger just says, I just want to go home. And the one above all says, you will when the storyteller chooses. And Blue Marvel says, I want to finish the mission. And that's when the one above all shows them a vision of a crown in five parts. Where it's like made of leaves, made of gold, made of fire, made of weird worms, and made of like a space station. Which I really hope will pay off in some future story, but who who can say? <laughs> made of leaves. Don't forget, it's it's made of leaves, 
over a field of french fries and hamburgers with a tomato in it. Yeah, so it's kind of made a salad, I guess. And then it's, you know, the crown is above, like, ruins of skyscrapers, the yeah. fire is above an ocean, the weird worms are above a sea of bodies, and then the space thing is out in space, and in, like, Jim Starlin-ass space. Yes. With those Jim Starlin stars. Yeah. Those Jim, those Jim ones. Yes. They should and call those they- Jim stars. <laughs> Uh, and then they all see themselves on comics covers, uh, as if to as if to say they are comics characters. And the Beyonders like, you had a chance to escape your reality and you chose not to. And they go, yeah. Um, and then Loki, um, at one point, Loki made the Eternity Mask into one of their horns on their helmet. And now Loki has the Eternity Mask at the end of this. Um, I don't know. It's extremely good. It's it's there's again there's like a branching path where Ultimates is one thing, and then that first Defender series is another thing, and then they converge, and this is the baby of those two because <laughs> it's. This picks up on threads of both of those books in a very, very interesting way. Um, and it's it's very heady. Like, I could understand somebody reading this and being like, I didn't get anything that was going on. <laughs> well, there's there's a lot that's going on because it's got all of the like commentary on superhero universes and meta commentary on superhero comics. And then there's the tarot card stuff at the start. And then the entire like structure of the series is the, the Sephiroth tree, which is a thing. I honestly know nothing about him. Benito would not explain it to me. He just told me to go read Promethea and I'm not going to do that. (laughs) So that's all there is to that. Yes. Uh, but yeah, like, like we see the one above all, like, painting with all the colors, but, like, literally they're just painting, like, the Sephiroth tree on the ground. It's just a lot. And, and there's, like, you know, then there's that weird crown, so there's, like, kind of, like, like, the thing in the first issue about how there's a tarot card from the suit of crowns, which isn't a tarot suit, but then they all see this big crown, and also... Loki tries to escape the universe, but then Loki doesn't escape the universe. Loki goes back to the seventh cosmos to be reborn as current Loki. It's pretty wild. But I love this kind of comic storytelling because I can come back to this book or I could do a big reread of Ultimates, Ultimates 2, the first Defender series, and this one. And have a new experience reading this again. And maybe picking up on a connection that I didn't see before. Or seeing a bit of foreshadowing in one of those earlier books that I didn't know to look for the first time. You know, I I, I, I can understand how this might be 
too much for someone just looking for a breezy superhero comics read. And there's not a lot of concrete like action to hold on to in this. But it is 1,000% Marvel Comics bullshit. Fully, in, yeah. In a way that we love. Yeah. So here's the question, Chris. Here's the big question. Do Does this rank separate from the 2021 Defender series? Or do we just put it on the same line as that on the Every Story Ever list? They are two separate stories. I think I do think there like there is a distinction in what these two stories are. Yeah, uh, there's only a little bit of overlap with characters. There's thematic overlap, but it's not quite the the same. Like the approach is a little bit different. Uh, but I think that they also can be of a piece in the way that like Starman is of a piece. Yeah, uh, that's that's the thing. I don't think they're one continuous story. Mm-hmm. Cuz like I said, this this also branches off of Ultimates and Ultimates 2. But I I wouldn't rank this with Ultimates and Ultimates 2. Right. I would I would definitely prefer to rank it Where did we rank Ultimates and Ultimates 2? Uh they are at 141. The first yeah. Ultimate series, we we rank them separate. They're one forty one and one seventy eight. The first, well, I think def- there's a little bit more difference there, especially in terms of like art consistency, for sure. This, but but both of those Ultimates books are above where we ranked Defenders, Volume Six, which is at one ninety. I. That I feel like we goofed on that one, bud. No goof was made. We the there's we are merely arbiters. It's blah, true. Blah, the blah. list exists in its complete form in the ninth cosmos. Here's what I'll say though, Chris, and this may shock everyone listening. Okay, this may be, be a shock. I like this more than the first Defender series. I don't know if I liked it more, but I liked it as much. I might give the edge to the first one because I really like that going back through what comics are, like to the you know, to the four colors and everything. Yeah. But I feel like the we don't know what the thread is in this one until the last issue and then the threat is Loki because the threat's always Loki in the Marvel Universe and then dialing that back into uh like the like what is like Loki becoming a defender secretly to themselves <laughs> like is is really really fun it's good stuff he, here's why I say I like Defenders Beyond more than the First Defenders book. The first Defenders book to me, I, I love going back through the previous cosmos and all of that, but it also felt like characters watching a film strip about the history of their universe. It 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 wasn't really a character piece. 
Whereas I think Defenders Beyond has a lot more character moments and character development. Like Kaya in that first Defenders book is like, oh, wow, she's awesome. This Defenders book made me go, she is a great character. Yes. Who Uh, is more than just a gimmick. And I think that's why I ultimately like this more. We should also point out, I don't know if we mentioned it, like one of the the changes to the status quo after this is that Taya's like, I'm going to stick around. I'm just yeah. going to live in the eighth universe. And, uh, and if anybody's going to fix my, my son, uh, Galactus, my large, my largest adult son, <laughs> the largest possible adult son, uh, it's going to be me. And I love that. Cause now Ty is just in the Marvel universe. Yes. So, Look, I could see us putting this at the same position as Defenders Volume 6 because it is consistent in quality and the art is consistent. I could also see us ranking it somewhere close, but different. I I will leave that decision to you because I feel very... I, I feel like they are very comparable. Well, since we also seem to not be in agreement of which of the two miniseries is better, I think we kind of have to put it in the same spot. Yeah, I mean, like, if you use the Every Story Ever list as a guide to what comics you should read and what comics we like, I, I, don't, think you, I don't think you should read one and not the other, you know? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I think you should read the two Al Ewing Ultimate series, too. Yeah. I think you should probably read everything Al Ewing's done just to, you know, just to make sure you got it all. <laughs> just, to, just to make sure you're good, because they're all good comics. They are. They are. Uh, so now at number 190 on the list are Defenders Volume 6, 2021, and Defenders Beyond, 2022. And that seems right. That feels right. We could adjudicate whether we put Ultimates and Ultimates 2 too high at a later time. Folks, thank you for listening to this Comics Catch-Up. Go read Defenders Beyond. It's great. It's really good. It it has some real laugh-out-loud moments and some very, like, a a thing that unifies the creators I like. And I think what kind of soured me on a lot of creators. Yes. Is that when I read an Al Ewing book, a Scott Snyder book, a Grant Morrison book, a Hickman book, a teeny Howard book, uh, a Jeff Parker book. I'm like, these people fucking love comics. They love it. And most of the people who work in comics do. That's what, that's the only reason to do it. It's the only reason to read them. It's the only reason to make them. But like you read this and you're like, man, this, these dudes love comic books <laughs> so much. Uh, another thing is, I think if you are ever considering being a writer, not just of comics, but of anything, 
And you ever have the thought of, I worry about harping on the same ideas too much. Uh, don't. Because all of these creators that we love keep coming back to these same themes, and it rules. <laughs> it really does. The more they expound on the themes and elaborate on them and explore them, the better their stuff gets, because they can dig deeper and deeper and deeper. And it's great. It's great. It's great. Go read this book. Al Ewing talking about all the different cosmos. Who who could have ever thought that this idea that originated from <laughs> a mobile game could be so good? It's so very good. Uh, if you would like to suggest something for us to read on Comics Catch Up, you can email us at our email address, which is warrocketpodcast at gmail.com. You can also get in touch with us on our Tumblr at warrocketpodcast.tumblr.com. We're on Twitter at warrocketpod. And we have a Discord, which you must be invited to be a part of. So ask us for an invitation on one of those places I just mentioned, and we'll get you an invitation for our Discord. This show and all the shows we do uh, is made possible by your support on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash warrocketajax to kick in as little as a dollar a month to make sure that we keep doing Comics Catch-Up every month, that we do every story ever every month, that we do the regular weekly War Rocket Ajax show, as well as a movie fighters and snack situation. Warrocketajax.com is our website that has every episode of the show we have ever done. And warrocketwiki.com is the fan repository of all the information you could ever need about War Rocket Ajax. So go check that out. If you want to find me and my stuff, you can go to mattdwilson.net to find links to my comics, my books, my other podcasts, and my social medias. Chris, where can people find you? Everybody can find me by going to the-isb.com. That is my website, and it has links to all the things that I do. See you next month, everybody. We'll catch up on something else. Until then, good catching up. (laughs) 